It's out the gate. Shit's out the gate. More talking. More talking. Hello. There's levels to this shit. Uh, so earlier, Charlize was uh, asked me what a, a ice skater was, and I said it was these people that ride around on the ice. <laughs> All right. She didn't laugh. <laughs> no, didn't, she probably didn't, didn't, serious. Didn't smile. Um, all right, boys, and uh, we're, we're out rolling. Um, Tim, Link, good to see you both as always. Thank you, Jack. How are you doing, Jack? Yeah, no complaints as always. Well, like I say, as always, as always, say that again. Um, I could tell you, but no one listens. We're joined <laughs> in the podcast studio by a gentleman who needs no introduction, but we'll get one from him. <laughs> Uh, Liam, can we uh, can we introduce you, please? How, how are you going? How are you, Jack? Uh, yeah, my name is Liam Haints. I am an SNC coach here with the guys at the Rad Centre. I'm also currently halfway through my third year of my uh, sport and exercise science degree down at Feb. That's just about all you need to know about me, mate. There's not much more to say. I'm sure there's heaps, boys. Could you you work with Liam, and Liam works with you? Yeah, there's, there's been some topical conversations around Liam lately. Um, I don't know how serious things are and whether things will progress too much, so don't well, uh, need to uh, talk about too much on the podcast. Fair enough, because remember once it's recorded, it's... It's out there. Yeah. You know, we'll, th- we'll keep everything on the down low for you, Liam. Don't stress about but, that, mate. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ruben, no one hears this until we put it out, so be careful what you say to the bro. I had a couple of thought processes in and they're, they're both gone, but Liam, it's funny sometimes how the world works and we've had these conversations before um, about things happening for a reason and all that sort of stuff. And the first time that I met Liam was uh, one day, um, would have been towards, was it the start of last year? Yeah, I think so. We were having a... Um, the Rad Centre was going to have a catch-up for local S&C coaches, a bit of a special interest group. Um, there was meant to be quite a few going. And then um, I can't remember what happened. Maybe there was some sort of COVID-related um, lockdown or something along those lines. And Liam had found out through a friend that we were running this and was like, yeah, I'm keen, I'm, I'm going to go. And we didn't know about it. I think his mate had just sort of passed it on. Um, and then I was meant to run one of the intern education sessions straight after it. So Liam walked in or maybe just before it. So everyone else knew it was cancelled and, and then Liam walks in on the education session and was literally like, oh, I might as well join in and I had a chat to him after it and he's like, I'll jump in. And then he's taken every opportunity since then and has uh, wound up as a very, very good coach for us. So um, I think it was just whether he would have done the internship anyway or or whatever, but just at a right place, right time, and things have flowed from there. Nice words. Uh, well, today, this morning... <laughs> give me that link. <laughs> so this morning uh, at work, we do a segment on The Breakfast Show called Daily Greats, and I was reading a quote uh, that hit me quite hard. I forgot who said it. Um, they're always old-timey ones, and I thought you guys might like this, so it's, I was just trying to find it because I'm going to butcher it, but the quote basically was, we tend, we, we, we tend to be more afraid of the outcome, which doesn't let us actually 
try what we're afraid of. So, for instance, uh, I put the analogy of I'm trying to pick up this chick. Oh, no, she's going to say no, rejection, rejection, nah, nah, I'm not going to say anything. I'm more afraid of the imagination of what's going to happen than actually doing it. 100%. So I thought today we could talk about being afraid of things mm. and, and how you overcome your fears uh, and how you, you push through those boundaries because you're all educated people. You've all done things that have probably been very scary and, you know, Liam's continuing to do his studies. You've just finished your master's. Um, Tim's done his master's. These are scary things in, a, in an academic world. But what about other things in your life that have been scary? That's a, that's a great little quote you had there, Jack. It's a fantastic one. It's got me thinking. I, I like to think um, we to make choices based on things that we're not quite too sure about, we need to have an educated guess of what's going to happen. So while fear of the outcome might be scary, like I think that's, is that fueled by your previous experiences with that certain thing? So we'll go back to your example. So if you're um, fearful of what happens if you go to try to talk to a woman, um, is that because of previous experiences that have kind of shaped your perception of that already? Like that's, that's one thing I think, when we're talking about this and other ones, I think it, it, you have to at times just jump. Um, and when it's time to jump, I think, you know, but there's also times where you have to, you know, we, we are educated. We also can, can uh, think about the outcomes in a more long-term rather than short-term kind of way as well. There's definitely times where that goes out the window, um, especially when alcohol is involved or anything like that. There's definitely those decision-making uh, skills are, are less likely to probably influence a positive outcome. But there's some times that obviously you just have that free swing at things and go for it. I don't know. Jack, obviously that was your analogy, your example. Would you say your experiences and your fear of that outcome could potentially be shaped by previous experience? 100%. When you said that, I was thinking, yeah, there's multiple times rejection has scarred me and I'll always wear that. And when I push through it, I'm like, oh my goodness, why was I afraid? But it's always that initial, oh my goodness, rejection, failure, no, 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 when that's just my head doing tricks on me because of past. Well, she when was the last time you were potentially thinking about the outcome before you actually did something? a good question link and <laughs> something that i can't really I, i'm i'm struggling to think i know that there's definitely been situations whether that's happened in the past and um there's been um big moves i i i, I think of right now so the, the thing that's banging me in the head when you're talking about that is my dream is to live in boston absolute dream is to live in boston um and then, like, I suppose there's that big fear of I've got the the kids and Sarah and you're like, well, logistically, that's ridiculously hard. And then you say, from a financial point of view, what are the odds of finding a stable and secure income over there with holidays and being so um, accommodating to, to what the boys need? And then you say, um, even just like, logistical um, concerns of living in America with obviously the gun violence and some of the laws that they're coming out with and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, and like I think 
if I was by myself, I would be happy and unrestricted and not as concerned about moving over there and probably would just do it. Um, but it's just, yeah, the thought of the, the potential consequences that come back and smack you in the face and, and stop you. Mm. But like, in theory, there's no reason why it wouldn't work. It'd just be a lot of effort moving the kids over and doing all sorts of stuff. But it's just that fear that's sort of holding you back. Um, so, see if it's able to be overcome. Well, it's different elements, isn't it? Like our, our fears are, oh no, it's just us and, and maybe another half or whatever. Your, your fear is I've got mouths to feed. I've got, yeah. um, you know, human life to shape and create into a, yes. a, a better place, you know. So I think having dependence adds a different level of fear. So you're not just fearful for yourself, you're fearful for the future of, ev- well, everyone in your world. Oh, yeah, I probably wouldn't be fearful for myself at all. Like if I was like still single and had the opportunity, like I'd literally just jump at it and wouldn't think about it, um, I think. Um What's the draw card to Boston? I know you're a big Boston sports fan with, yes. with all the disciplines, yes. but, but why Boston? Is Have they got something that intrigues you or is it just purely the sport? Uh, no. So I went there a few years ago um, and obviously went there for the sport and then just sort of fell in love with the city and I don't know, it's hard to describe. Like it just felt like it was meant to be there and like it was just like – like we've talked about spirit and all that sort of stuff before. It just sort of felt like it was right and like just sort of felt like you were home. Um, and then like just walking through the city, um, obviously going to New York, uh, everything is rid- ridiculously busy and there's traffic jams and there's a lot of homeless people and everything seems to be dirty. There's trash on the corner of the street and Boston – still offered that big city vibe um, with – I didn't see one homeless person while I was there. Um, the traffic, even in peak hours, nowhere near as bad. You've got all these really picturesque buildings and parks and you've got the bay and uh, all that sort of stuff. And then there's uh, the history and culture around the place. Um, yeah, so it's, it's an unreal place. Um, and then just the ability to then – take work there as well and be able to do something with with one of those teams but I think yeah outside of of work and the sport I think it'd just be a, a really cool place to live fair enough no I, I wasn't expecting you know any kind of answer from well not I wasn't trying to test you on why your answer is I just wanted oh, to no, know yeah, why you know like it's interesting yeah very yeah. interesting um Head over to our to our guest today, Liam. You're in the process of doing your degree. Yeah, undergrad, the bachelor's. Doing something like that, that's a big, not risk, but it's a big jump going from high school, choosing what you want to do, and then jumping into this four year three. undergrad, three yep. year, three year undergrad. What was what was your kind of pre thoughts before going into something like that? Um. Jack, I actually had a bit of a bit of a process coming out of school. Um, it wasn't my first crack at uni. Um, so when I came out of high school, I wasn't really too sure what to do. So um, did pretty well at school, got all the required marks that I needed for um, the courses that I w- thought I wanted to do. 
um, exercise science was one of them that was that was offered to me. Um, but I actually ended up taking a gap year. Um, so I worked for pretty much the whole year, and then uh, myself and uh, my girlfriend at the time headed overseas to Europe for I think it was probably nearly a couple months um, towards the end of the year. So I sort of got away from there. And um, yeah, came back, thought I was ready to go, ended up starting a uh, sports <laughs> management degree down at Deakin. Um, as it turned out, it's what well, certainly wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, I was bouncing between, I think, two or three different campuses and still trying to live here in Ballarat as well. So I was basically traveling four or five times a week to do this degree. Um, that was between... Burwood down in Melbourne and then um, Geelong as well. And then, yeah, trying to live here, um, work here, play sport here as well. I was pretty burnt out after about nine months. Um, yeah, so then having to pretty much had another gap year after that. And then that was probably the year that was 2019. Um, yeah, 2019. And that was probably the year that I reckon I probably learnt the most about myself going back to work again and realising that I've got a lot of potential to do things but I'm really not grasping it. And it was actually a conversation with a friend of mine who was studying a PhD at the time um, in the sort of similar industry to what we're in um, where he pretty much sat me down and said, yeah, you've got uh, a lot to a lot to look at. You're still very, very young but if you don't start taking your opportunities now, um, you might wake up one day and realise that things are starting to potentially slip away from you a bit and you're actually just going through the motions. Um, and that was pretty much when I realised uh, I was really getting into the gym, really starting to enjoy myself and, and really starting to uh, understand that that was actually what I wanted to do and I really, really enjoy helping people. Um, yeah, enjoy sort of learning as much as I can in that area. So that's when I yeah pulled the trigger on the um on the exercise science course, and yeah since then it's been basically one big wave of of um yeah opportunities and and just jumping at those and and not really giving anything a second thought just sort of trusting the gut and just yeah following the instinct I suppose was that something that you never used to do is is trust the gut follow the instinct um oh, maybe as a younger kid for sure but I think probably one of the biggest decisions that I made because I thought I was definitely wanting to go to uni straight away and it was probably a big step for me to actually say, nah, let's have a year off and try and figure some stuff out first and I knew I wanted to travel so that was probably one of the first like really big decisions that I made for myself. Um, but I think it's sort of, I think the ability to do that develops, you know, the more you do it, um, like anything really, like you sort of get stronger at it at being decisive and, and sort of taking chances, you know, the more often you do it. And I guess even going back to what we were saying before about fears and things like that and maybe not doing things, I almost sort of, in my mind, I flipped that on my head and sort of said, what are some of the reasons why I have jumped at stuff? And it was probably, um, for me, it was probably more fear of, of not knowing. I really wanted to, to just see where I could take things. And so... Yeah, that's sort of been, I guess, a big motivator for me as to, to why I wanted to do things. More sort of, yeah, fear of the opposite outcome, I suppose. That's awesome. It's kind of inspiring, actually, like listening to Tim talk about, you know, would love to take the family and, and life over overseas. Um, 
and and you're sitting here, you know, with the opposite. Well, you're doing what Tim is essentially wanting to do with. I think I'm making sense. I don't know. Moving on. Oh, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. You hear what I'm saying? Like yep. it's like that, and, and obviously, you know, total different. Uh, you know, you don't have kids. Different circumstances. Having kids and, and, and a life. Well. Sound, that sounds wrong. Of course you are. <laughs> You're digging well, yourself holes. Digging myself holes. And Tim, we'll just take a quick a laugh, break mate. with our sponsors. <laughs> yeah. uh, actually, while, while we're doing this, I've uh, got an optimum nutrition uh, amino energy in hand. The uh, cherry flavour, loving it. Um, so if, if we want to box box our way, we'd be uh, more than happy to continue to promote this product. <laughs> and we're back. Uh, yeah, so Liam, great bloke. <laughs> Len, Very that was interesting. a. Very interesting. I worked with you at a cafe. When was this? Maybe four years ago. Yeah, that was oh, three. I, I can't. Essentially, when I'd just come back, I reckon it was probably 2018. Yep. Something like that, or maybe yep. maybe 2018 started 2019. Yep, that's spot on there because I was actually coming out of my probably uh, my biggest jump at a. a an opportunity to do something a bit different where I took a risk and I went overseas for five months, spent um, spent all my, literally almost every single cent that I had to my name and I came back and hence why I was working in a cafe with your, your fine self and we, we began to become good mates and now colleagues again. Um, but I, I came I off the... I didn't know you were there together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is this is a, a long term thing, Welshie. Yeah, <laughs> we've we've put this in the woodwork for a long time. Yeah, he's now embedded himself in the Rad Centre. But it is. I came off that kind of yeah five six months overseas where any opportunity I was just trying to jump at and without even thinking about the outcomes. Um, it probably goes against Jack. That's because my mindset there was I just wanted experiences and to to see what I could handle as an individual. Um, and you definitely learn a lot about yourself when you throw yourself in the deep end like that. But it was interesting, Hainsey, that you were coming off the back of, you know, wanting a, a bit of a gap and just finding yourself as well. Um, and then obviously transitioning to where you are now, it's been a pretty cool development for yourself, mate, which is, you know, it's a testament to you. It's the uh, Soothing Bakery. The cafe, cafe sorry. Which one was it? Uh, no, I'm saying like that's where you go to sort your shit out. Yeah. Both, yes. both yes. found yourself after that. Yeah. That place has some magic. And I think that's it because you're doing something that you – I don't think you both wanted to be bakers or work in, you know, hospitality. Mm. You're just doing it to make some coin. And now, look, you're both doing your purpose and your passion, helping people, being better. Mm. It's funny, we, we actually worked there. I got the job because my sister was working there and she had previously been in the exact same kind of situation. Oh. Um, she, she went to university, f- did six months uh, somewhere, six months somewhere else, another six months. It was just like, this is not for me. Um, she was working at this cafe at the same time and then she ended up going and living over in the States in Philadelphia for 13 months and just took the biggest risk of her life. Within a month, she applied for this job, and then she was, yeah, on a, on a plane right over there. So it's like out of this one cafe that we'll, all, all three of us were working, we kind of found our, our path, our direction. So the halfway house. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go out and check, check if me, uh, my ghost lady is out on the basketball court. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 
yes, episode two. If you uh, haven't heard episode two, Tim was um, was was chased by a, a few spirits for a while. Quite funny, quite funny. No, that's awesome. So you guys all worked at that same cafe at different points or at the same point and then have found your passion. Was there like an old wise chef who you're like, fuck, I don't want to be like that guy? Uh the owner of it is actually the dad of uh, one of our athletes here at the Rad Centre. Sorry, he now, well, yeah, so Millie's still here. Um, and then Harry's up at, with the Brisbane Lions at the moment. Um, so, I don't know, maybe Sharpie's a, a, held our hand into the, the next kind of um, direction that our life was kind of taking us. The guiding father. Yeah. yeah. Something I will say, actually, I've noticed, um, at least working there, um, just obviously don't and didn't know the actual behind the scenes until you're sort of in and amongst it but just even witnessing uh how hard he worked day to day that was call it inspirational call it what you want but it was at the very least um yeah eye-opening for me to sort of see you know what it takes to to be successful I suppose and you know you can bang about the cliche you know all day long about how hard work beats talent and whatever else but yeah to actually see it happen as a you know whether I was a 19 year old or something at the time um yeah it you know certain people whether they see it or not I suppose really can have an impact on you and even if you don't realize that until later on and then you look back and go oh why did I make that decision was it part of that hard to say obviously but um yeah that was I don't know maybe there's something in that mm. well, when, what you just said there Liam with having an impact like every day all of us as individuals and what we do in somewhat which way form we add impact and value to people and I think it takes a special person to work in an industry where you do give pieces of yourself you are impacting others um, and we've talked about this many times on how you kind of you know recharge yourself but we give impact someone will talk about us the way we talk about these people and when you go into a conversation or a teachings or, or helping someone, you got to remember, like, oh, my goodness, okay, what I'm giving to this person, this could be their, their horcrux, their moment where they go, oh, my goodness, I want to be doing this with, with my life. And that's something pretty powerful. And every individual has the ability to do it. It's just sometimes you're talking to cunts and you're like, ah, oh, you don't add any value to me. But when people take it on, you can change lives. And clearly it's happened. Like you're both doing your passion. I've had it. I had it with a teacher, you know, uh, up Tim, you've had it with someone, someone add value, said something to you and you're like, Oh my goodness, I'm going to do that. Yeah. hundred percent. I remember it vividly. I think I've spoken about this at, um, at the time it was a lecturer, Simon Ferros, um, said, why don't you do strength and conditioning? And the rest is history. Um, so yeah. Big, big moments that you sort of can look back on. It doesn't seem that big at the time or big to them at all. And then you're like, well, that's completely shaped my life. So, yeah, pretty cool. Well, gentlemen, I think uh, we can wrap it up there. Liam, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me, boys. It was a pleasure. A very last minute, but it's nice to learn a bit more about you and hear your story. It's, um, you know, it's always good to have someone else join the Out the Gate team. Uh, Link. Tim, as always, appreciate you both. And um, let's get it. Shuts out the gate. Thanks, Jack. Shuts out the gate. Shuts out the gate. Shuts out the gate.